Hearts number three. It's the best of three yes. in this uh, Easter series walking Woo. through Resurrection Eggs. It's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I mean, if you had time to get through the last one, then you have to get to this one because it's yep. like you can't leave it on that note. No, no, not right? on that one. So uh, we are Rochelle and Carter mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Hopeondemand.com is a great resource for you. This is uh, what this podcast is through. And if especially if it's earlier in the week for that you're listening to this for a uh, Holy Week, you can text the word Easter to the number 893-893. You'll get a daily reminder about what Jesus was up to in this Easter timeline. You know those movies that make you wait like two years for the sequel? Yes. Yes. Those people. Why would they do that to Why you? would they do that? We, we broke it up, honestly, for listening uh, to, to try to make it a little bit easier, especially if you only have a lot of amount of time. Well, 12 eggs, that's too much. It's a lot, yeah. but I, I, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have split it up. What do you mean? Well, it is instant gratification, though. Like, you can e- easily go to the next podcast. I'm just saying, I don't want to be like those Hollywood people. Yo, no, it's instant. You're okay. right, right? You're here at part three. Maybe you just listened to parts one and two. Resurrection eggs are something that you can uh, make or buy. They're literally called resurrection eggs. They're very colorful. They're Easter egg type. Mm-hmm. And to open a plastic egg up with your kids, just like that. And then there is something inside that symbolizes Mm -hmm. part of the Easter story. Now, of course, we went through parts one and two, Jesus coming into town, the Last Supper, the crucifixion. And now here we are at part three. So I just opened this up and a little piece of linen fabric came out. Okay. And I just want to kind of go off the last thing. Jesus has just died on the cross. Mm -hmm. And so Pontius Pilate, I mean, there was a place that they would— Dispose of the bodies if nobody asked for them, I guess. I think it was it was not actually a pretty thing. I think mm. it was like a mass grave or just open over there. Mm. Because this Calvary Hill was called Skull Hill. It wasn't a pretty place. It was outside of town. Yeah. Uh, and fascinating enough, um, Jerusalem was around the same area uh, where Abraham would go to sacrifice his son Isaac. Okay. Yeah. And the connection of Jesus carrying the cross on his back, the wood on his back, Isaac carrying the wood up on his back. The the difference being Abraham does not need to sacrifice his son Mm. because God provides a lamb, a a ram in the thicket. (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus is provided on this mount um, called Calvary. But the the body was something that Joseph of Arimathea, who we kind of touched on this guy before, he was a part of the um, the Pharisee grouping, I believe, and he was a follower of Jesus, and he was on the wealthier side, and he wanted the body, and he went straight to Pontius Pilate. I want the body, and Pontius Pilate said, "Okay," and I don't think the rest of the uh, the rest of the Sanhedrin was too happy about that, um, but he didn't care. <laughs> Yeah. Why'd you give his body to them? Now they're they're going to make something up and say that he said that he was going to rise on the third day. So now they're going to make up the story. And they're oh, what if what if they lose his body somewhere and pretend that he rose from the dead? That's like go to the Pontius Pilate with that. You can just imagine what Pilate is thinking at that moment as a Roman who really just doesn't care anyway. Right. About yeah. what they're talking about. What are you talking about? I killed him. You asked me to kill him. Now you're mad because I gave him to a guy who wanted the body, so yeah. we don't have to deal with it? What? Anyway, they were mad, and so it ends up that Pontius Pilate sends guards. Would it be ha- Will you be happy if I send guards? Because <laughs> they're like, at least put guards there. So they put them next to this tomb that Joseph offers to lay Jesus to rest, this 
You said it was expensive. Yeah, this was not a this was a rich man's tomb. So and the the stone that you see rolled in front of it. I mean, we've seen all of the Easter pageants with the giant tombstone that mm-hmm. rolls. Sometimes it's on hydraulics so they can move it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh so that it looks like, you know, that amazing moment where Jesus is going to come out of the grave, right? Uh but this thing was heavy. It would have taken people with muscles to move it. Um it, that's another reason why Pontius Pilate's like, what? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they put guards there. Before they put him in the tomb, though, Joseph and Nicodemus, another Pharisee, they both, they prepare the body. And in Jewish tradition, there are spices, there are oils. You wrap him in linen. That is where this little piece of linen and the egg comes in. They wrapped his body in this cloth. And Carter, this is fascinating. Uh, Gamaliel, who I mentioned uh, in, the, I think it was two podcasts ago, he was the teacher of Paul at one point. He was really well thought of in the community. Uh, when he was buried, Josephus, who is this historian guy, mm-hmm. he, he wrote down a bunch of stuff that happened. He notes that 45 pounds worth of spice and, and, and oils, the way that they would have um, taken care of the corpse. That was what was used for Gamaliel. So here's this very respected and esteemed person in the community. But when Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea go and tend the body of Jesus, 75 pounds wow. is what they use because they clearly saw this man as king. He was royalty. Yeah. And so they prepare his body as best as they can right before the Sabbath which is sundown Friday. Yeah. And they have to, according to Jewish tradition and law, you don't do anything on the Sabbath, so we, we got to get this done. They take his body from the cross area. They wrap it in linen. They, they uh, perfume it, and they seal him in the tomb. And then there's two Roman guards there, standing and guard. Nobody's getting past them. No. Nobody's getting past them. Not from the front. Yeah. Uh, here in this next egg is this tiny little rock. Which symbolizes the giant tomb. Okay. Can you see it now <laughs> in it. your mind's eye? Yeah. Hold on. Is Rick Moranis over there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was rolled there. And so he's in the tomb on Friday, all of Saturday. And then on Sunday, shall we go to the last day? Sure. It's very, it's very simple, I think, right? There's nothing in there. Well, look at that. There's nothing in the tomb. Tomb is empty. So I guess the linen, but that's about it. Yeah, well, there is. There there you go. Maybe there should have been the yeah, linen put, put in that Put more linen in there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was empty. It was empty. What an amazing moment. Uh, and and it, what's really ironic is that a lot of folks couldn't enjoy it. Like the people who should have enjoyed that moment the most didn't. Yeah, that's true. It was the ladies that discovered yes. him uh, or, dis- or discovered the tomb. And the people, the, his immediate disciples, they, you're right, they should have, but they were in mourning and they mm-hmm. didn't believe it at first. Yeah. And there was so much. I mean, obviously, then there's, quote, doubting Thomas. And he didn't believe it for a while until he saw Jesus. And so there are different accounts of this, what happens. But the women that were the followers of Jesus were the ones who were going to do this right. Obviously, and if you know, if you know women in your life, they're like, look, the men tried. We're going to do this. If right. it has to do with any sort of <laughs> decorating, planning party, like yeah. just making things desirable, uh-huh. 
Mineral, mineral. Well, that's good enough. No, yeah. They yeah. were terrible. I think they would have been pleasantly surprised had there been a body in, in terms of like Nicodemus and, and, and Joseph took care of some things there with mm-hmm. 75 pounds worth of spice. Well, true, true. But I say pleasantly surprised, but at the same time, they were shockingly surprised when they got there and the tomb stone has been rolled away, yeah. which like I said, was no easy feat. That would have taken several people to move. So, and and the soldiers, they, are they are they asleep? What happened? We know from the, the story that the earth shakes once again. The earth shakes when he leaves and when he comes back. Hmm. And the angels, <laughs> they're there. And the soldiers, they're out. Like, I'm not talking about they ran away. They just, they fell out under the power. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. fainted. And when the ladies get there, they're like, what is going on? And the angels tell them, what What are you doing? You're looking for an alive person in a graveyard. Hmm. He's not here. He's risen. And they run back to tell the disciples, all of them except Mary, who I don't know if she did a freak out before the angels got to her to tell her about it. I don't know how that, that timeline works, because if you mesh the, the different accounts together, you try to put the puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. and you're like, OK, did she like oh, the tomb is open? Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I've, I've, I've had those moments where I just have to walk away mm-hmm. and try to figure out what's going on. But the other women, they go back and they tell the disciples and immediately John and Peter, they run. Because they're like, oh, something's going on. We're going to figure it out. Somebody stole his body. What happened? They're not believing the women. They're hallucinating or something. Something's not. No, I'm sorry. He didn't rise from the dead. We would know before you would know. We would know. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Peter runs out first, but John's faster. John, no, no, Peter gets there first, but I think he chickens out. Yeah, he's the one who doesn't go in the tomb first. He just sees that stone rolled away and he stops. John runs in. Hmm. And he's gone. Well, the angels don't show up at that point for them. But Mary is still in the garden. And that's when she's approached by Jesus, who she doesn't recognize. And she's just still crying. She's sobbing. This man who did so much for her, she cast, he cast seven demons out of her, mm-hmm. it says in Scripture. You know, so, I mean, this guy, he was it. He was the one that was going to change everything. And when he asks her why she's crying, it's when he says, Mary. It's like she knew his voice when he called her name. That's biblical. My sheep know my voice. Mm. You know, and she turns around and she says, teacher. I mean, that just that gets me. Teacher. And she said, he says, don't touch me, don't touch me, because she started to love on him. And I haven't, I haven't gone to my father yet. My father, your father, my God, your God. And she's like, what? It's everything's changed. He's opened the gateway. Yeah. And she's, you know, telling everybody. And of course, all right. Then he makes these other appearances. We know on the road to Emmaus, those two guys who didn't recognize, it's kind of the same thing with Mary. They're walking with him like a full afternoon. She only got a few moments where she didn't recognize him, and then it clicked with her. So if you really want to start comparing with, you know, the sexes here. 
who's, about men versus women. Who's oblivious women. <laughs> and who's not. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. That, we'll, we'll, yeah. We'll take that. We'll take that. No, it's um, obviously the, the, the rest is even fascinating about, you know, 500 people. Uh, saw him. Yes, and different accounts. You just have, and and you have. Uh, actually, you were mentioning the name Josephus, who is a, a Roman historian. Not a no indication that he's a believer. Uh, and he he makes note of the earthquake that happened when he was. Uh, I don't think necessarily the one at the tomb, but the one when he when Jesus uh, died on mm-hmm. the cross. And so there are these just. D- much historical, historical evidence, yeah. both indep- uh, independent and, I guess you could say, biased. I mean, sure, the the disciples definitely believed in Jesus, but uh, they were they were confused. There, in fact, one thing I heard, you would be, um, I'm not discredited, but it would be an embarrassing thing to write much of this about yourself. Unless it was true and you wanted the truth to be known. So, you know, things like uh, Jesus saying to to Peter, get behind me, Satan, mm-hmm. um, you know, even them not believing it at first. I mean, they're they're writing these things about themselves in many cases. Super embarrassing stuff. They're dying later yeah. Yeah. because they're getting even crucified and martyred and stoned uh, for the message. So, yeah, you just we, here we are today. And people wondering, why should I believe that it's true? I think we've covered why you would need Jesus, because we're imperfect and he's perfect and there need to be a sacrifice. But, okay, but why is it true? You have much, much, much evidence that, you know, a cult, a crazy people, they they don't stick with a group of 11 people wouldn't stick with a story for years and die for it. Eventually, somebody would give it up if it wasn't true. Yeah, as opposed to are you like some might argue, well, what about Jim Jones? Because all of them died for it. Yeah, I, that's a, it's an interesting point. But I think with the suffering, with the fact that many stories align, you have uh, fulfilled prophecy. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the same. You have different authors on different continents on different timelines, and there's no contradictions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you 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 have Paul, and a little bit later, you have the disciples. Then you have the prophets before. And you, you, it all works together. For that many things to align, let alone the prophecies to be fulfilled, mm-hmm. the chances are, they are mathematical, but according to, if I was just, a, you know, if I'm just speaking as a human being, impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mathematically possible, but also when you do the math, you go, no, that would be impossible. It's quadrillion or something. Yeah. So, you know, like you hear it said where people are like, well, uh, a shark attack, you'd be more likely to get struck by lightning. Win the lottery. Yeah. All no, that stuff. Right. No, like all of those things are so like at one side of the universe in terms of the spectrum mm-hmm. with chances and stats and numbers and things like that compared to the number you would have to get for this one man. To have fulfilled all the things that he did. Yeah. yeah. So it would take more faith, Lee Strobel says, for him not to believe. I think what's fascinating is in history books, we have things about philosophers um, and like Plato, for example, is, mm-hmm. is my favorite example. We have like 12 or 15 manuscripts, fragments of manuscripts. Well, Homer was also famous. Homer. The Odyssey okay. and the Iliad. And we have, we take that as, as historical proof and we put it in history books. We have like 5,000 
fragments of manuscripts from just the New Testament alone. And so how does history work if you say, well, we just can't verify that the Bible? Well, then you shouldn't verify anything unless you've seen it for yourself. Yeah. You 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 can't sit here and tell me the Civil War happened, the Revolutionary War happened. You just can't tell me if uh, that that there's enough historical proof for that, but there's not enough for this. So maybe you find yourself like the guys on the road to Emmaus. The famous story is maybe it's one you've heard. Maybe it's lesser known than the account in the garden with Mary at the tomb. Mm-hmm. But these two guys walking with Jesus, not recognizing him when he's walking right there with them. But until they break bread, until Jesus breaks the bread, then they recognize him. And I think it's, I don't know, just give it some time. Spend some time with Jesus, especially if you're on the fence. Break bread with him. And 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 I think that that's the thing. We need to get back to conversating and not immediately saying no. Because it might be right in front of you like it was for those two men. All the whole time Jesus has been there. And it's just a matter of you sitting with it for a moment, breaking bread with him and and saying, Lord, make it come alive. You said this bread is is it's going to be my life sustenance. It was broken for me. Um, I, I think that's huge because we get so prepared, even when talking with people, They'll say something and we will already have in our mind the next thought we want to say without truly listening to what they're trying to share. Sure. And I think God wants all of this to truly sink in for you. It's not about, hey, you have to believe everything Rochelle and Carter are saying right now in this way. He's just like, I want to share this with you myself, you know, and I want you to give it a moment to where it marinates, (laughs) you know, and that it can soak in and. And I want you to discover these things for yourself because it's a relationship that you and I have. He wants a relationship with you. All these facts are amazing. When you get them all together in a book and you go, look, here is proof if you need it. For some with the analytical mind, that stuff is super important. For others, it may just be the the taking of the time and allowing God to connect those things for you in a spiritual way as well. Yeah, Um, yeah. But we're grateful that we got to journey through this tremendous object lesson. I love this thing. Well, obviously, the point of this uh, is, hey, this is we got into a lot of the detail of it. But in in whatever, maybe they're older kids than it is the full detail. Maybe it's younger kids and to make it as simple as possible. But you have these resurrection eggs that you can walk through with your kids, with your family. Heck, I don't know. It's a coworker that hasn't heard about any of this. Yeah. It's ve- it's a very, it can be as simple or as detailed as you want it to be. And don't be embarrassed by it. Because I think a lot of, I, I would feel that way. I'd be like, hey, let me pull this out, uh, especially in front of a coworker that I may not. Right, that's an adult and not, yeah. <laughs> can I, you know what? If they ever ask, if you ever have a conversation, this would be an incredible way to do it. Mm-hmm. They say, what is it that you believe? You pull this carton out. Give it a second. Let me just explain. <laughs> Imagine you pull it out of a briefcase. I've yeah. been waiting for this for a while. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Hey, a uh, happy Easter to you. Uh, he has risen. He has risen indeed. It's as simple as saying yes. Yeah. And working on that relationship with Jesus. And and you're a part of that that moment with Mary. My father and your father. My God, your God, because of what Jesus did for us. That's so cool.